Merry Christmas. I'm glad to see all of you here. We can turn that down just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> my name is Rich, for those of you that don't know. And I'm really rich. We talked about that on Wednesday night, you know. What really makes a person rich is not necessarily what the world tells us. It's, uh, God's math is so different than ours, our math. God's ways are high, so much higher above our ways than the ways of the world around us. Um, <clears throat> I got a little bit of a cold, so just I'll try not to uh, shout too much. But uh, this Thursday night, uh, I, I heard something on the news, and this is what I heard. The wait is over. And uh, so I'm going like, okay, like what? What is it that we're waiting for? And uh, were any of you waiting? Anyone know what the wait was over about? Pardon? Mm, I'd like to think it was that on the news. Star Wars, yeah. That's what it was about. Star Wars. Did any of you go out and see it? Oh, come on. What's the matter with you people? I was there at midnight. Not. Uh, yeah. The question is, you know, the wait is over, but the question is, you know, uh, did it change your life? Did it bring you any peace with God? Did it, did it forgive your sins? Did it save your life? Did it give you any hope for a future? The wait is over, they said. And you say, well, you know, just, and, and just because some of you didn't quite get it too quickly, some of the younger guys got it right away, but just because some of you didn't get it too quickly, let me tell you what, that... that uh, uh, you know, they grossed about $250 million in just a couple of days. So there's a lot of people that the wait was over meant something to them. It was huge, right? It was big. And But I wonder, did it really, you know, did they go there that midnight and, uh, you know, uh, did it really change their lives? Was it really good news that could change something, anything in their life? Uh, it's like watching a good football game, you know, and, and your team loses. Does it really change your life? If they win, does it really change your life? Not really. It changes their lives, might, they might be. They might get a big ring or a big bonus or something else, and, and something might happen for them, perhaps. But, but I've been talking about this series for the, for the last few weeks, and uh, about some good news, that we have some real news, and it's found here in Luke chapter 2. So why don't you turn with me to Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. <clears throat> Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. It says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Today, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, that's good news. That's good news for a change. That's, that's a good news that, that changes us. And 
you know, kind of been focusing on this the last number of weeks, like what, you know, when you, when you think about something often enough, it, it kind of has a way of, of, you know, getting into your heart and mind. And this idea that we, we've got some good news. We've got good news for a change because you look at the rest of the news and, and we talked about that, right? When you look at Google News or you watch uh, uh, CNN or, or NBC or e, even ESPN, right? It's just not always that great, is it? And, but, but this is some news. And this is the angel came now as the messenger of the Lord Almighty. And he came to those shepherds out there at night. And he says, I've got some good news for you. The first part we looked at was the fact that the Savior has been born. That's what it says here. This is good news that never changes. This good news defined. And, and that this Savior, he died for our sins. This, this one that came and took the form of, of a man, started off as a baby, of course, and grew to be a man. He came and then he died for our sins and then he was buried and then he rose from the dead. This is the heart of the gospel, which is also translated good news. Same word. We translate it gospel, but its ultimate meaning is good message or good news. That Jesus came to the earth. You know, and, and, I, and I really don't think, and this has kind of been striking me over and over, is that I don't think we really get it. How big this is, that Jesus came to the earth. That he came from heaven to earth. We sing about it. We talk about it. Every year we, we, we have a message about it, you know, Christmas time. But I don't think we really get it that God came to the earth. God came. I was talking with uh, my grandkids the other day, and, and uh, you know, they said, you know, well, Jesus was born. And I said, yeah, but he was before that. And try to explain the preexistence of Christ to, like, you know, six-year-old. Yeah, but he was already in heaven before he came down to the earth, right? He came and he took the form of man. It's like, okay, we'll talk about that more a little bit later. But again, we, we, we looked last week that, that it was promised, that it was predicted, that Jesus would come, that a Savior would come, and that he would, that he would do all, you know, he would uh, be born of a virgin, that he would be born in Bethlehem, that, that he, then the prophecies later would talk about his, his life and then his death and his resurrection. The scriptures promised this hundreds and hundreds of years before he ever came. Beforehand, beginning in Genesis, through all the rest of the scripture, and that they would be fulfilled in Jesus. No one like him. There's no one like him ever before ever after. And again, we, we need to stop and consider, think about what, what is it that we're talking about. Part of the problem, as I said, was every Christmas comes along every year, we celebrate it, we think about, oh yeah, Jesus was born, yeah, great and everything, but we don't really kind of get the idea. And that's why when the angels came and, and spoke to these shepherds, they were saying, like, we got some news for you here. We've got a news flash that is, is like for out... For, for the whole creation, for all of eternity, this newsflash that, that Jesus came, that this baby came. You don't get that for anybody, you know. You don't get that for anybody else. So what I want to look at today is part three in, in 
uh, that the good news for a change that it's provided. And what I want to say is this, that the wait is over. That he's here at last. And it's not Star Wars. It's not some kind of movie. It's way better than that. Way better than that. Way more important than that. It's good news for a change. Good news for a change. The wait is over. Turn to, uh, well, you're already in Luke, hopefully. Uh, Look at verse 1 here. In Luke chapter 2, it says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. The waiting was over. That which had been promised for hundreds and hundreds of years. Again, the book of Genesis written down for us. I didn't make that so clear uh, last week that it was written. It was written down around 1,400 years before Christ. Some of the events that occurred there obviously were before that. But it was written down for us around 1,400 B.C. So 1,400 years later, this again, this is why God sent an angel down because something had happened, something that had been prophesied, predicted for so, so long. Now, you and I, you know, waiting, you know, to wait nine months for a baby to be born, that's like a long time. Like, i got to wait nine months now to, for this baby to be born, right? And to wait for other things, and like nine months, forget it. I don't want to wait nine months. Like, if I have to wait nine minutes, that's like too long, Right? I don't like waiting, 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 especially for hundreds, hundreds of years. So, so, you know, in our own lives, like, what are you waiting for? Are there, some, is there, are there things in your life that you're waiting for? I'll bet there is. Waiting for me to finish, some of you thinking, I'm waiting for this to be over. I'm waiting for that potluck to start. I'm waiting to see what might be on that table. Maybe you're waiting for a raise. And you've been waiting a long time. Maybe you're waiting for a vacation. Maybe you're waiting for, you know, a relationship that you really, really want. Maybe you're waiting for some test results. You know, there's a lot of stuff in this life, isn't it? Positive and negative that, we're, that, that we have to wait for. Maybe we're waiting for some kind of vindication. You know, somebody's done something and we want to see it. Some vindication, some revenge maybe. We're waiting. Maybe you're waiting for a package in the mail. Maybe you are waiting for a baby to be born. I haven't heard about it, but maybe it's new news. But what happened here today, again, what happened here today was that the wait was over. The wait is over. 
And that's what we read about here in Luke chapter 8, 10 through 11. And the, the angel of the Lord came. Look at verse 9. It says, the angel of the Lord and angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I have to think about this, you know, this, this good news that came. You know, it, 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 where did it come? It came to some shepherds out in the field somewhere. It wasn't broadcast, uh, you know, all in the heavens, although the glory of the Lord was there, and I'm sure that was phenomenal. That was incredible for those shepherds that were there. But some lowly shepherds, and shepherd, to be a shepherd, you know, wasn't the best job to have in the world. You know that, right? We kind, of, we kind of have glorified it now. It's a cool job. You know, you're a shepherd. Whoa. You think of the good shepherd. You think of, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. And, but, you know, back then it was like a, it, was, it was pretty low on the totem pole, so to speak. There was no CNN. There was no ESPN, no CBS. None of, none of these things to, to bring this news. But this is what was going on. That which had been promised, was now here. The wait is over. The wait is over. That thing that we needed the most, that thing that had the possibility, the potential to change lives, the birth of Jesus Christ has now, it's, it's here at last. I wondered, I wondered about this. Would today, would the news people even cover it? I wonder. Would, they even, would it even get a spot? You'd think it's some of the weird things that they put on the news today, and you go like, whoa. You all heard about uh, what happened a few days ago where there's, there was a school and in elementary school, and they, they had, uh, were doing a performance of the Charlie Brown Christmas. You've heard of this? You've heard of that, I'm sure. Well, they, were, they had planned on putting this performance on, and then the, the principal said, oh, no, well, we're going to we're gonna have to cut out some parts of that. And guess which parts they cut out? Yeah, of course. Anything. And, and, and you know what? Why did you even plan on, why, why did you allow them to even do this? Because that is the heart of the whole play, right? The heart of the, the whole message of that program is this is, what Char, this is what Christmas means, Charlie Brown, right? One of the news, uh, one of the headlines I read, it says, School District purges Bible verses from Christmas play. They purge. Well, that's, that's horrible. You can do all kinds of other stuff in public school, but to have a Bible verse there, oh no, we can't do that. So what happened was, you can, and you can see this online, uh, when they got to that part, uh, a whole bunch of the parents just read the verses. Yeah, They just, they just shouted them out, and it was, it was pretty cool. What... Have we gotten, where have we gotten to, you know, that, that, that we can't even, 
quote a Bible verse, two Bible verses, that's offensive. Oh, but we can quote all kinds of stuff that is extremely offensive and not, and not bad an eye. Crazy. The angel came and he brought this good news. He brought this good news. It's here. It's here at last. Now, the prophets, I want to say, the prophets and the angels, they were looking as well. They were waiting. I want you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, James, Peter, John, Jude, Revelation. So, a few books before the book of Revelation near the end. But 1 Peter chapter 1, I want you to look at some verses there with me. Speaking about the salvation, and starting in verse 10, the salvation that came through Jesus Christ. Look what it says here. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, they searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel, the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. See, we have a limited perspective. We can only kind of see what we can see here. The verses before that talking about, talk about loving and believing in God and even though we can't see Him and it's a spirit, there's something spiritual that's taking place here. But the angels, they were, they were looking into this. When is it going to happen? And, and I think it's probably pretty, it was probably quite an honor for that one, that one angel of the Lord that he got the call. You're on. You're the one that's going to bring the news to those shepherds out there in the field. And, and, and to have the glory of the Lord kind of surround him at that time. You're on. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior is born to you. It's Christ the Lord. You and I, we have the advantage of fulfillment, but... But at that point in time, the prophets, they were trying to figure out, when is this going to happen? They would search the scriptures trying to figure it out. When is it going to all come together? This plan of the ages. This isn't just uh, one little person being born here. This is the plan of the ages, bigger than anything else in the whole history of the human race. That God would come, that Emmanuel, God with us. <coughs> Consider that, think about that. They were looking, they were watching, they were waiting. And it made me think, too, about some verses in, in, uh, in Proverbs chapter 13. If you'll turn with me, uh, Proverbs, so that's about the middle of your Bible. Proverbs chapter 13, there's a few verses in there that, that I think are appropriate for this concept that we're talking about today. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12 First of all, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You ever, know, you ever really, really want something? You're really hoping for something to happen, and it's just not happening? It's not yet. You're waiting and waiting, and it kind of makes you feel sick? Not physically, maybe, but you're just like, you're just bummed. You're just, I really want to see that happen. 
But look what it says there, a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And then jump down in the same chapter in verse 19. He talks about it again. He says, a longing fulfilled. A longing fulfilled is sweet to the soul. See, that's what I believe happened when Jesus was born. All heaven. There was this longing. There was this hope. This this expectation that God was going to do something and it was going to involve sending his son. See, they knew all that up in heaven. And the prophets, they had an idea through the, through the writings, through the scripture, and they were looking ahead, trying to figure it out, trying to see when it would happen. You read about it when they're talking about Jesus being born and saying, wait a minute, Bethlehem, Nazareth, like what's going on here? But it says there that it's a tree of life. A tree of life, and it's sweet to the soul. Now, I am sorry, but Star Wars is not a tree of life. And it's not all that sweet to the soul. It might be good entertainment, and, and I heard that, you know, there, there aren't even any swear words in it. I thought, wow. Like, when will you get it, people? You made a movie without swear words or suggestive scenes in it, and you grossed $250 million in two days? Like, when will you get it? Okay, that's another... I'm sorry. I'm, getting, I'm going off track here. Small rabbit trail. A tree of life, sweet to the soul. That's what, that's what took place there. The wait is over. That's the real wait. And it's here. For you and me, it's here. We don't have to wait any longer. The prophets, they were looking into it. The angels, they were looking into it. They wanted to know when was it going to take place. And then, and then the call finally came. This is it. This is the time. I wonder, like, why did God choose that time instead of a you know, more advanced time where he could have got the word around a little better, maybe? But like I said, would they have even covered it anyways? Probably not. It would have been too offensive. So he went to some simple shepherds and sent the good news, the best news of all time. Let's turn back to the Luke, the Gospel of Luke again. In chapter 1, Luke was writing, Luke chapter 1, verse 1, Luke was writing his good news, also called gospel, right? One of the four gospels, the good newses. But look in verse 1. This is, this is Luke tells us his reasoning behind writing what he's writing here in these words. And we've already looked in Luke chapter 2 and what uh, he wrote down for us. But look what he says in verse 1. He says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled. Among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were from the first, who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty, the certainty of, of the things that you have been taught. The certainty 
of the things that you've been taught. See, when Luke wrote these things down, he was, a, he was a medical doctor, right? That's what his profession was. And so he was analytical. And, and so he wrote these things down to, to show that, that uh, what has happened here, the import of what's happened here. This is no just some little birth here. This is fulfillment of the ages. So that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. He talks about eyewitnesses, right? He talks about gathering the information. This isn't just something that was just thrown together last minute. No, this is careful investigation, careful writing. Talk about some news. There was a man named Simeon, also in the book of Luke, chapter 2. Let's turn ahead to chapter 2, verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting. He was waiting too. He was waiting for the consolation or the comfort of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now that word Christ means Messiah, right? And the concept between, this just a little information, because this is important. Again, this is the theme throughout the Old Testament that they're waiting for Messiah, right? The Hebrew word is Messiah. The Greek word is Christos or Christ, right? And the, the literal translation of it means anointed one. The one who's anointed, the one that, that God has chosen, anointed to be the one that they were all waiting for. Right? And now he says the Holy Spirit revealed to him he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ, this anointed one, this one that we're looking at here today. Think about that. God somehow told him by the Holy Spirit, listen, it's going to happen in your lifetime. Wow. So moved by the Spirit, verse 27, he went into the temple courts and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, when you have your own new baby there and you're, you're taking, you know, it's a little awkward if someone just grabs the child out of your arms, right? I mean, <laughs> right? Like... But something was going on here, you see. Something radical was going on here. And Simeon took him in his arms. I, 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 just try to picture yourself being this guy, Simeon. Like, it, it's been revealed to you that, that, you know, during your lifetime, that the one that you've been waiting for is going to, you're going to see him. And now he's in the temple, he's moved by the Spirit, and, and, he, and he finally sees this baby Jesus, and he goes, wow. And he, he says, I'm sure he asked first. Let's just take that for granted. He asked, and, and they gave him the baby to hold, and he takes him in his arms. Can you imagine what it must have been like for him? And he praised God, and these are the words he said. He said, Sovereign Lord, as you have what? Promised. See, God keeps his promises, and in his promises 
to the, to the whole earth of sending the Savior and the promise to this one particular man about letting him see. He says, you have, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Radical. Now, I would say that those words apply to Simeon, right? The wait is over. He saw. He saw the salvation. The wait is over. You and I, have we seen it? What are we waiting for? I'm going to ask you that question again in a minute. What, what are we waiting for? Is it something that, that this world has to offer? Is that what we're waiting for? Or, or, or is it, has it already been given? The consolation, the comfort, the peace, the salvation that he talks about right here. The light and the glory. One more verse in Luke that I want to talk about. In Luke chapter 4, if you'll turn ahead with me. Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. Jesus is now grown up. And he, it says in verse 14, it says, He returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. And he taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. And he went to Nazareth, verse 16, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, And this would be in our Bibles, Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. And he he read these words. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's okay, he just read it, just read the verses. But he didn't stop there, did he? Look what it says in verse 20 and 21. Then he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That's radical. That's radical. It's not today this movie has hit the theaters. I don't mean to pick on that. I'm probably going to see it when it comes to DVD or something. I don't know. But today, he says, it's been fulfilled. We saw that back in chapter 2 when he was born. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And Jesus said today, and you're hearing this particular passage, Isaiah chapter 61, some 700 years prior, prophesied. He says it's fulfilled. It's happening. This is it. And, and, and he, he wasn't afraid to say who he was. He didn't go around, you know, like uh, trying to build crowds or anything like that. He just, he just knew who he was. 
But I love what it says in these verses. He says he's, he's, he was anointed to preach good news to the poor. He brought the good news. He sent to pro- proclaim freedom for the prisoners. He brings freedom. Recovery of sight for the blind. He brings sight. And to release the oppressed. Bring released. Uh, bring release. You know, when I look at these verses, I say, that's us, isn't it? That's us. That's you and me. Poor, prisoners, blind, oppressed. That's you and me. And Jesus came to bring us what we needed. He, that's what he came to do. Today, he said. Today, the wait is over, he said. That's what he's saying to them there. So today, here we are. It's not quite Christmas Eve yet. But I want to say to you a few things is this, that the wait is over and for us to have peace with God. For us to have our sins forgiven. For us to be rescued. For us to have hope for a future. It's here. It's today. It's been revealed. I think, I think for you and I, we, we do, you know, like the guy in the, the movie, you, you know, oh yeah, you know, we're, I take a lot of time to think about the birth of Christ and never. You know, what, what's our, what, is, what is really what we do? Do we, do we take any time at all to think about this? Now, it, you're thinking, well, yeah, you know, I do, me, because I kind of like have to, right? Because I have to talk about it, right? I have to get up and say something that makes sense, right? That's true, but, but I'm a human being as well, and I have a, you know, my own life, and I, you know, I have to spend time on my own just thinking, well, what, how is it real in my life? Is it just a plastic thing that I think about, or, or is, it, is, is the reality of it, the truth, that consider that Jesus Christ came today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, he is Christ the Lord. This birth, this good news of great joy, If only God would open our eyes to see how big it is. It's way bigger than what we know. I know that much. How radical it is, the truth of it. Makes me think of 1 Corinthians 13, where he says near the end of the chapter, he says, Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. We kind of just get a poor kind of image of it. But he says, then we shall see face to face. He said, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We, we just have kind of a, such a partial understanding of it. But we have to hold on to what we do know. I know that much. That Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. The wait is over, and we have good news for a change, good news that will last But more than that, this is good news that will change us, that does change us. One thing I said in in, in every one of these uh, parts of this series series is this, that this is good news that demands a response. We have to to respond to it. It's not uh, an American thing that just applies to everyone. It's not just a certain country thing or a certain city or a certain place. It's a personal thing, really. It demands a response that you and I would accept or reject the truth that God came and he, that he loved us, 
so much that he sent his son that whoever believed in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. You and I have got to, we've got to respond to that. We have got to make a response. And the truth is, is that no response is the same as no. Right? No response is the same as rejection. So if you are listening to this today and, and hearing me, if you have not trusted him yet, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Is something else out there? Some other Savior, some other Messiah? What are you waiting for? Because this is it. The wait is over. There's no other, there's no other that's going to come. Oh, he's going to return, but it's the same Jesus. He's going to return just like he came. But it's going to be different then. He came the first time to die for our sins. The second time is to be ruler and Lord. We've got to make a response. Those of us that have already responded, I, I just hope and pray that, that we would not become jaded just by familiar, familiar, familiar. You say that. Thank you. We become so used to hearing about it. No. The glory of God was there. The good news of great joy. I want that. I want that for every one of you as well. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for that day in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. And yet, the news is still changing lives today. The power of the gospel, the power of the good news of great joy that, that changes me. It gives me a hope that forgives my sin, that, that gives me hope for heaven. It gives me peace with God. Father, I thank you for sending your son. You didn't have to do it. But you loved us and you love me. So, Lord, I, I pray for every one of us. I pray, first of all, for those that have accepted this good news, this beautiful news, as we sang about this morning, that, that we would never lose sight of how beautiful it really is, how good it really is. Remind us, Lord, by your Spirit. The angels, the prophets, people like Simeon were waiting and looking into these things. And now you're here. I pray for those that have never, that have never uh, understood the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to the earth to die for our sins, to, to be raised from the dead, to defeat death. I pray for each person here or maybe listening later. If that's you, you, you need to make a response. It demands a response. And no one else can make it for you. You have to decide. Do you accept what the offer is, or do you reject it? If you accept it, you simply have to call in the name of Jesus and, and say, Jesus, I, I ask you into my life. I, I'm lost. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come and change me. Father, thank you again, and thank you for this beautiful family that we heard about in our opening um, message about 
being built together, Lord. Build us together as a family that we might uh, truly love one another, but, but we might love you together. And we might love the lost around us as well. Because we've got good news for a change that can change the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?